0: hello and welcome back for another episode of dinner and a show i am your host uh, tom bland and i have with me once again my first repeat guest my friend brandon thanks for having me <laughs> well yes we had to get That's you again. back at some point um so today we uh went and got food from spoons and chopsticks which is a korean yeah store? korean korean okay and we watched a couple episodes of the new horror anthology remake. I guess not, not a remake because they're all anthologies, but uh, the 2020 version of Creepshow. Uh,
1: so we'll start with the food. Now I have never actually been to the restaurant, but you know where it's. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. It's uh, it's underneath the apartment, though. It's in a weird location. <laughs> you would never know where it is unless you knew about it. So what you're saying is it's like
0: the platform at Harry Potter. Kinda, yeah, to yeah. have been there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. except in Korea, yeah. Except in Korea, <laughs> um, uh, they had a, actually a decently sized menu. I went with the spicy chicken stir fry.
1: I got the beef bulgogi.
0: G- g- I think I think that's how you pronounce that. Sure. It definitely lived up to its name. My chicken it was not spicy, but not like overpoweringly spicy, but just it had plenty of kick in it. Um, for the portion, it was uh, twenty dollars I think for each of our things. Yeah. Uh, and for I definitely you you get your money's worth it's a big size portion and they give you a side of soup and a, a nice big container of rice with it too uh, came with some I think it was uh, onions in there along with the chicken and um, it was like I said nice and big and I definitely feel like I got my $20 worth of food when mm-hmm. I bought there
1: yeah uh, Korean food is usually priced around there no matter where you go but yeah my, the is my go-to Korean dish usually now, what is that, exactly? It's just like, sauced and seasoned beef. Oh, okay. Like Korean style. All
0: right, I like yeah. I do like beef, so I might have to try that next time. Uh, so, yeah, if you're ever on, what is it, James and Lodi, I think you said?
1: Yeah, I think that's it's on the sky top Apartments. That's, okay. That's where it is, yeah. So, if
0: you're ever creeping around there at some point <laughs> and you're in the in the mood for some good Korean food, you definitely could do a lot worse. Um, and then... So, on to Creepshow. Now, Creepshow was originally a film in 82, and I think it was directed by George Romero, if I'm remembering that correctly. Yes, directed by George Romero. Okay. And the screenplay was by Stephen King? Hmm. Oh, my God. I might have to watch that eventually. (laughs) Um, So, the, the basic premise of the Creepshow is that it's a bunch of short uh anthology series that don't really have any interlinked with each other although maybe one episode did that we saw we'll get into that yeah um and they're all directed by a lot of and and written by a lot of big people in uh horror um Tom Savini directed the last segment we watched um and the the basic gist of it is it's like getting back to like classic 80s horror roots everything's kind of like cheesy and campy and it's a lot of it is all practical effects i don't really think they did any CGI now that I, I think about it.
1: I don't think I noticed any. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh so we'll start with our first segment, which was Night of the Paw. Um this one was kind of fun, but if you've ever read or are familiar with the tale of the Monkey's Paw, it's basically just an adaptation of the Monkey's Paw. Mm-hmm. Um we start with, oh, every episode, I, I did like this part. Every little segment starts with like a comic book intro. yeah and we see like a driver going down the highway and we hear on the radio that the suspect is armed and considered dangerous and they've got like roadblocks out looking for them. And in the middle of this rainstorm the the person driving the sedan crashes. We open on the flipped up sedan and they crawl out and the left hand is just all kinds of jacked up. Yeah. And mangled we it. both were like,
1: "Oh, hand stuff!" I don't know why hand stuff is so. Yeah, no matter what movie it is, there. There's what movie was that? Um, uh, Eli Roth movie. Hostel? This, no, it was about an earthquake or something. Oh, oh fuck! Aftershock. Aftershock. That yeah. movie when that person's hands get crushed and they're all. I like. Oh. I had to like stop watching the movie for a second because I was like. Why am I bothered by pain? (laughs) I don't know why, but it's—I totally get it. Headed,
0: and I was like, "Oh." Did you ever see um, *Land of the Dead*? Speaking of George Romero, uh, probably. There's a scene where the zombies are like invading the city, and a guy—you see a shot of like an arm up like this, Mm -hmm. and one zombie grabs here on two fingers, that you can't see audience because this is totally visual medium. And then another zombie grabs there, and they both pull, and you watch the hand, like, split down the center. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh yeah, like, I, I had the exact reaction you did. I, like, I had to pause <laughs> the movie and was like,
1: oh, that was so gnarly. <laughs> I don't Have you seen uh, The Green Room? No, it's on Hulu. I want to watch that. There's another scene in that. Uh, uh, <laughs> you're going to well... watch it. You're be like, no, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I appreciate the heads up for that. Oh, yeah, that's pretty
0: um so anyway yeah they, they crawl out uh we see the hand is all messed up they they reach and we see sirens in the distance uh they reach back in to the sedan and pull out the the pistol that they had and they're we see them stumble up to this like old school gothic looking house and inside there's a guy holding the monkey's paw and he's saying it won't be much longer my love and uh they the person stumbles in and guy takes him down to the basement, and uh, we see like oh they also had like a branch in their side, yeah. so he pulls the branch out. He stitches that up. He cuts off the two mangled
1: fingers oh, yeah. <laughs> without and, even like hesitation. It was just like oh, right yeah, off. I was like, <laughs> it's like no, was hungry for him. no. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, that is the last bit of hand <laughs> horror in this episode.
0: Um, and we see that the the person is a, uh, the the suspect, as the radio said, is a woman. Uh, Her name is Angela. And she wakes up, uh, I don't know, I'm assuming later that night, maybe the next day, who knows. But she wakes up, uh, she sees that uh, the wedding ring that she had, apparently, is still on the table along with her phone and her gun. So she grabs the wedding ring, she goes to put it on her ring finger, which does not exist anymore. (laughs) Uh, So she puts it on the ring finger of her opposite hand uh she grabs the gun she walks around and we see uh the man who saved her we don't know his name just yet is uh embalming i guess another corpse because we we discover this is a funeral home yeah and she tells him turn around and if he makes any sudden moves she's she'll kill him and he goes oh well, i hope so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's our first clue that there's something <laughs> off with this guy and he takes her upstairs and did you know who that guy was i think it was um it's the actor bruce dickinson i think that's the guy who played the anti-mutant senator in the x-men movies like in the first one in the first movie yeah <laughs> now that you, i think you're right actually I, he was in the first two because okay. in two it's mystique pretending to be him right but i think i'm like i know this guy looks vaguely familiar i think that is him um and so they they're they're upstairs now uh, and he introduces himself as Avery Whitlock, but you can just call him Whitey. And he knows her name, and he keeps calling her Angela. And we never like address how he knows her name. Yeah, and he said he was following her. Like, something. yeah, her career yeah. on the. Uh, uh, um, aware of what had happened. Um, I guess she could have had a wallet that well, we yeah. just never saw.
1: He he did have her purse.
0: It's true. Um, and she's like all like, you know, what are you? what is this all about? You know, uh, just give me the keys and I'm going to get out of here. And he goes, oh, I will. Uh, after I tell you the story and you kill me. <laughs> yeah. After you kill me. Um, she's like, whatever, lunatic. And he starts telling her this story about how uh, an old client of his who is now deceased um, came back from, I think it was India? Morocco. Uh, Morocco. Okay. Yeah, with this, with this uh, monkey's paw that had been uh blessed or cursed or whichever way you want to look at it by some yep. shaman-esque person and the way uh whitey phrases it is that the shaman wanted to prove that fate rules our lives and anybody who tries to screw with that gets punished pretty severely and he tells her that you know uh their business had been a downturn they'd always kind of counted on like the local senior center yeah you said uh, bruce davidson or er, yes yeah same guy okay yep um and but this year had been pretty lean and they were financially struggling so the wife takes the monkey's paw and she uh oh no he mentions her first two wishes were like silly stupid things yeah like uh finding a recipe she had lost and then he forgets what the he doesn't even remember what the second one was and then her last wish is that they would have all the money they need and more and then we cut to christmas time and she's decorating a christmas tree and she's climbing this ladder. And my first thought was, that ladder is not big enough to reach the top of the tree. And Brandon noted, like, the staircase yeah, probably would have been better. Yeah, it was right there next to it. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a giant spiral staircase. It, it would have worked. Uh, and we hear her fall and scream. And Whitey comes around the corner. And she's laying there dead, blood leaking out her mouth. Yeah. Which was odd. Like, you notice, <laughs> like, she fell off a ladder. Yeah. Like, I don't see how that chip a tooth maybe yeah she she bit her tongue or something on the inside um and what we learn is that her life insurance policy pays out and that's how they got all the money they need and more um whitey like we see him weeks later he's depressed he misses his wife and he goes to the paw now and he wishes oh sorry He didn't get enough sleep. (laughs) Uh, He wishes for his wife back. And, like, the lights flicker, and it's all creepy and spooky, but nothing happens. And he says he waited for days and and weeks eventually, but still, she didn't show up. And he thought he was being punished or something. And then he goes to uh, his showroom, I guess, to test out new coffins. And that's when he gets this, like, flash of, like, a zombified Marjorie. And he realizes that the coffins are, like, locked and designed to keep people in and mm-hmm. that she was buried, so she's still there. Mm-hmm. Which, I, like, you would think as an undertaker he would realize that eventually, yeah. like, put... I can see, like, in the heat of the moment not putting two and two together, mm-hmm. but he says weeks later right. when this happened. Yeah. I feel like you should have known that. Right. Whatever um he panics and drives to the cemetery and i love this part because when we get to the cemetery there's like this ridiculous kitschy like backdrop of like fog (laughs) and like bad 80s looking gravestones i appreciated that part of it though i loved it yeah it was hilarious and he digs her up and you sure enough you hear like smacking or something from inside the coffin he opens it up and she's Definitely in there, all zombied out. <laughs> Maggots. <laughs> yeah, crawling all over her face. And uh, he takes a little pair of scissors, and I forgot that they stitch her mouth shut. Mm-hmm. On the, so he like he, yeah, Why he, do they do that? Uh, it's just, I guess, so that no jaw or like gas escapes the body or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. I'd have to ask an undertaker. Yeah. Uh, and he, so he snips the stitches in the mouth open, and he, then he kisses her, which is like, no! Yeah, that
1: was weird. <laughs> She's
0: rotted and gross- with maggots on her <laughs> face. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> um, and Love knows no bounds. I Apparently, Bruce Davidson doesn't care. Uh, then he, what is it, he, he turns around to do something.
1: Uh, yeah, he got out, but then she started tugging on his leg. Yeah, right? she, like,
0: attacks him. Yeah, she and then bites he, him. Yeah, and he, he, like, freaks out and, and he... he Crawls out of the grave. Um, no, he, I think he, like, turns around with the monkey's paw. And he's, like, maybe about to
1: wish her back. Well, because she was trying to get it back.
0: Yeah, because he turns around, he's got the monkey's paw, and then she, like, attacks him. And, yeah, he he drops it and he cr- climbs out of yeah. the grave. And then, yeah, she attacks him. Uh, he cuts off one of her hands with the shovel. And, like, cuts up yeah, both of them. Yeah, and then he smacks off her arm and hits her back in. And then she, yeah, she takes a chunk out of his leg. Yeah, and he he's looking around for monkey's paw and he sees it, but her severed hand it's is going running for it, and which you brought up a good idea, like would she have even gotten wishes because she made three right. already? Yeah, like, I was like, what was why are they trying to get that? The I mean, zombie I, to get it. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I mean, I can see why he didn't want her to get it because if she the hand runs off with the damn thing, he can't wish her back to being dead. Right. So, uh, but he snags it really quick, and says, "As you were, love." And we assume that that just causes her to go back to being dead. Right. He probably reburies her. We don't see that, but I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, and then he says his third wish was for the universe, basically, to bring him a killer. Yeah. And Angela's like, that's ridiculous. I'm not a killer. And even if I was, you know, all this stuff, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. You know, this is insane. Who yeah. would ever believe this? He's like, eh, you know, I didn't, I didn't believe it either at first, but you will. Um... We cut to the next morning, and uh, Angela's getting ready to leave, and he tells her the keys are in the hearse, and she can have it, and leave, but first she has to kill him. And he hands her the monkey's paw, and says, is your problem now? Deal with it. And she's like, okay, sure. Yep, I'll deal with it. And she hucks it in the fireplace. Yeah. And he freaks out and grabs it, and, like, he instantly just lights on fire. Yeah. Like, like this. Like, no, this was the only CGI was yeah, the fire. Fire, yeah. Um, oh, I guess, no. on the finger buttons, or is that practical? No, I think that was all practical. Yeah, yeah that, that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, every time somebody makes a wish on the monkey's paw, a finger curls in. And uh, that was uh, practical, and that yeah. was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he lights on fire, and she's like, oh, and he, he's like, shoot
1: me! Ah,
0: as he's burning. <laughs> his, health, his face catches him. Yeah, and falling. then she finally shoots him in the chest, and he just, and he just says thank you, but the way he <laughs> says thank you is like, it wasn't, like, a dramatic, like, oh, thank you. It was like, thank you. <laughs> and he just falls over <laughs> <Thank> dead. <you. laughs> and she's like, oh, no. Oh, we forgot to, me- I forgot to mention. In flashbacks, we'd seen that the person Angela had killed was her husband, mm-hmm. who was, like, dying, I guess, of some disease. And yeah, she
1: maybe COVID, but we don't know. <laughs> I
0: mean, maybe. the oh, Bruce Davidson did have a face mask on at yeah. one point. <laughs> so this may be oddly prescient um so she killed him in the hospital and that's why she was fleeing but she shot him in the face
1: right in the eye
0: yeah like i i feel like there was a simpler way to do that Mm -hmm. that would have given you a lot more lead time to run away than just pulling out a 45 or whatever and shooting your husband in the face yeah um so he's so whitey's dead she takes the monkey's paw after that she realizes like oh
1: this is this is legit legit.
0: (laughs) yeah and she runs to the car uh gets in the hearse she's looking around uh can't find the keys and i she mutters something under her breath which i didn't hear and i'm assuming it was must have been like where the fuck are the keys or something because then the the yeah the she like wish shade oh my god why am
1: i blind on that um the mirror
0: yeah kind of it like falls down and the keys fall into her lap and, she, and we see one of the monkey's paw fingers curl in. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, shit. And she so she puts the keys in the hearse, and it's like, it's not starting up. It's not nothing going on. And then she, like, makes a panic, kind of frustrated face, and we see a second paw finger curl mm-hmm. in, and the car starts. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, you have just blown these first two wishes. <laughs> They're like, that's not good. Yeah. Not good. And her car was still there. I don't understand. No, no, she walked there. Because, remember, her car was the one that flipped upside
1: down. Oh, beginning. yeah. Because he told her her keys were in her purse, though. Hearse. The keys were in the hearse. Oh, oh. Um, yeah, that's okay. That's where I was confused. Yeah. I heard purse. Um,
0: <laughs> and so she drives off, and I think we all saw this coming. She goes to the hospital where her husband was at before, which seems like a bad choice because you'd think people would be waiting for you there. Right. Considering that's where you technically murdered somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, So she goes into the morgue and she's looking at toe tags, trying to find her husband. She finally finds him. She pulls up the sheet and yeah, his right eye is just like blown out (laughs) and gone. And she holds the monkey's paw up and she's like, come on, get up, get up, wake up, get up. And she's like, this is bullshit. She throws the monkey's paw and the lights start to flicker. And right as I say, oh, man, like, the way she worded that, you think they're all going to sit up? And then when the lights come back on, sure enough, all of the corpses in the morgue room are sitting up. And she's, like, looking around, freaking out. And then her husband sits up and pulls her in for a kiss. But then we see, like, blood start to, mm-hmm. you know, pull, uh, you drop down. And it starts to fall in the monkey's paw. And then it cuts out. Um, now, as I said, this is an anthology series. And none of these episodes are supposed to be directly related, but this next episode, this segment we're about to cover could potentially have been related, because we'll, we'll show you. Mm. Um, so the next one is called, like, The Bad Time and Misty Something? Hold on, let me get the booklet. I've <laughs> got the episodes. Uh, booklet, booklet, booklet.
1: This is the zombie, yeah, the other zombie. Yeah. One. Night of the
0: Paw... Time is tough in mon- musky holler. Um, that one was weird. Yes. So we open up on a uh, fenced-in, kind of, I thought it was a prison at first, but then I noticed that there was cops in the, the prison, so I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, is this going to be like a weird like the inmates have taken over and run the asylum or something, right. or and so we get this guy who is what was his name lester m barclay and he's just like screaming down an empty hallway like you know you got time to fix this we can make it right and he's going on and on about how this is you know they need to they need to let everybody out and we see some of the other people in the the cage we see a priest and what we assume is his family um and then we see david arquette as the one of the cops and we we started with this episode because we wanted to see what David Arquette was yeah. gonna do. Uh, sadly, not really all that much. Um, and David Arquette's in there with some of the other cops, and they're they're he's like just telling the guy to shut up because nothing's they're not gonna get out of this. Um, and then we see coming down the hallway is a woman flanked by a couple of guys with guns and various other weapons, and they basically tell lester that it's you know judgment day for what he's done to everything and everybody in here deserves this and they take them all out of the cage and they bring them down the hallway and we see that um so lester is the mayor of musky holler and he's been like a tyrant like a despot and we see that the priest and his family were were in there because they had said that Lester's reign was, like, ordained by God or whatever. Yeah. And that the cops were in there because they were rapists and murderers who just brutally enforced all his rules. And the other lady was in she there for being, like, a gossip... gossip. Yeah, yeah, gossip lady. Um, And something she said resulted in... Yeah, death yeah. Of innocent she people. was like, yeah. And so we're like, okay, but this seems a bit extreme right like yeah. why is this happening and then we get like another comic book flashback to nobody quite knows why it happened but the dead started all raising out of their graves mm-hmm. and uh lester who apparently was a shitty used car salesman before all this used this as an opportunity to seize control from the actual mayor
1: and take over and this is where we thought the two episodes combined because the zombies came up out of nowhere yeah chick made the wish to bring back the dead.
0: yeah and like we said so, the way she is just like get up wake up and like all the
1: the corpses sat up
0: yeah. in the morgue hmm. so i guess she might have inadvertently caused the zombie apocalypse
1: right. just for that episode <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah they're they're getting drawn down the hallway and they're having their charges quote-unquote read against them and then we see them getting strapped into these chairs with like leather straps and there's chains hanging overhead
1: and at this point you're kind of like should i feel bad for these people you weren't really sure because the both parties are being weird and you weren't really sure who was the good guy yet yeah are these innocent people or are they crazy what's going on
0: (laughs) it's it's yeah it's definitely a little bit column a column b because like Mm -hmm. we do see through flashbacks that yes lester was definitely like doing some real shady shit and Mm -hmm. so was david arquette's sheriff character you seem like beat the other guy to death yeah well that was it
1: was like basically right up to when they put him in the chairs they showed that yeah
0: yeah uh so they put him in these chairs um and david arquette gets in this one guy's face saying you know what you should just shoot me boy you know and the kid's like oh you know you're you're gonna die but uh, it's not gonna be for me and you know my daddy's the real sheriff and he's waiting for you up there but you know that don't you that's why you don't want to go down and then David Arquette, I think, just calls him a pussy, and the kid, like, smacks him in the face with a rifle yeah. butt, and they put him in the chair. And th- this one guy goes over to the crank, and he starts cranking the chairs up and up and up. And so the chairs are getting lifted up by these chains towards this ceiling thing. And I'm like, is this just holes up there? What is that? Yeah. And sure enough, we see the next scene is their heads are just sticking out of these holes in the ground at what looks like a high school football arena. Yeah. And we find out it is. We get a second comic book flashback about how after Lester took control, anybody who challenged his reign was brought to, as he called it, the arena yeah. and was basically sacrificed to zombies to remind people of like what was outside there and what Lester had supposedly saved them mm-hmm. all from. Uh, and so we see the priest and his family and the cops and you know all that and the and Lester is the the farthest head back because they're all in like a triangle pattern yeah like a bowling pin yes yes well,
1: reverse A reverse a reverse bowling
0: pin and yeah Lester is the the farthest one back and he starts screaming about how he was the only man who had the balls and the vision to save them all and that they're no better than he is and we hear a guy over the PA say ladies and gentlemen like for the last time welcome to you know the game or whatever. And we see a bunch of cages open up and zombies like, but they're like zombies that only have like half their arms mm. and like their arms from the elbows up and legs from the knees up. And they're like stubbly crawling out and like eating people's faces as they go. And we see, uh, the priest and, and his family are the first to go. And then a couple of the other cops and David, Arquette gets eaten by the old sheriff. Yep um the gossip lady gets killed by one of the people she told a story about mm-hmm. and then the last one is lester and lester gets eaten by the original town mayor yeah and it we see his face get ripped off and eaten which <laughs> i will like... say the the zombie effects for like or the the effects of like the faces being ripped off and mm-hmm. stuff that was pretty gross and yeah. in, in a good way like mm-hmm. practical effects are always better than cg yeah Let's say it before i'll say it again <laughs> Um, and that's pretty much where we ended. That one cuts, that was a pretty quick one in comparison. Yeah. And I can understand why we got those two, like, comic booky flashback scenes, because that would have been where you would have had to sink the most money into, is, like, right. showing the zombie apocalypse happening all around the world. Right. Um, so that was the first episode, the paw and, and the... Well, episode five, technically. Well, yes, right? that was the first episode we watched. Uh, times are tough in Musky Holler. Um, it was good the first episode there that we watched because it, I, like I said, I appreciate practical horror effects. I mm-hmm. appreciate creepy stuff like that. And I love the kitschy eighties ridiculousness. That was the, the paw. Um, but the, the knocks against it are I mean, the paw really is the night of the paw is really just, it's just a remake of the monkey's paw story with some extra stuff at the end with a second mm-hmm. character. Getting I've never the seen the paw. monkey's paw. It was a book we had to read in high school. Okay. Um, and it's a real a book, a short story okay. because it's. Is it a movie adaptation? Um, I don't think so. I'm sure at some point somebody did a Monkeys Paw adaptation, mm. but the basic premise of that one is um, a wife and husband get the paw, just like in the in the show. Uh, the husband wishes for enough. He wishes for like a hundred pounds or whatever because they're British, and their son who works in a factory gets killed by machinery, and they get a hundred pounds compensation and and so he's like oh shit and then he wishes his son was back alive mm-hmm. and again nothing immediately happens but then a couple days later the son has dug out of the grave mm-hmm. and we like the, they hear him coming up like we hear him coming up the stairs and that's when the husband like panics and like grabs it and then wishes his son was back dead you know dead again yeah. and then we just see the the wife comes outside of the room and there's nothing there but like they see muddy footprints where the kid was mm-hmm. so they added uh, like the Angela character to right. give it some more story and right. like extra after that, but it's really it was basically just gotcha. a straight adaptation. Um, and Times of Tough and Musky Holler was fun, but like we said we watched it to see with David Arquette, and David right. Arquette was not <laughs> in it all that much. And it was really short too. It was yeah. what like ten minutes, maybe? Yeah, yeah if um...
1: um But it was fun. It I was thought like that would be like half hour each.
0: Yeah, kinda of, that's what I thought it would be like an hour thing and each thing mm-hmm. would get about yeah. a half hour. Um, so then we move on to the last episode, episode six in this, in the season, uh, which is skin crawlers. Uh, this one was fun. This was a bit Mm -hmm. longer. And again, this is all practice. I think this also had CG for the one scene of the aquarium. Yeah. I
1: was just thinking that. Um,
0: but the basic is we, uh, Dana Gould is our main character, Henry. And Henry is an overweight guy who's he's not like unhappy but he just wishes he could be thin mm-hmm. um i mean he is eating a lot of candy bars for a guy who's trying to lose weight yeah. but anyway <laughs> uh he and we see oh we, we actually we open up with a fake commercial for skincare by sloan or whatever they call yeah, it's
1: it it's kind of like an animation yeah thing. and
0: it's it's this dr henry sloan who is uh or dr something sloan who is pro- who found some revolutionary way to make people lose like 100 plus pounds in three days yeah and it's like how can this be real and revolutionary (laughs) and he's gonna change the world with it so we see henry sitting in a room full of other overweight people he tries to make awkward small talk with uh uh, kelly Mm -hmm. yes and I remember Kelly was reading a newspaper and, like, the big headline on the front of it was, like, solar eclipse yeah. in X amount of days was, or whatever. As
1: soon as I saw it, I was like, something's... I was
0: like, yeah, me. okay, that's oddly placed <laughs> that that's just there. Um, so, Dr. Sloan comes in and greets all the people and uh, is, introduces them to uh, how he's going to fix them.
1: He it's, said he was in the Amazon... And or, It's a little mysterious, too. Nobody really knows... Yeah. yeah the commercial doesn't tell you how they don't know the procedure or like really what's going on they just know they can lose weight potentially
0: yeah oh and we see the one guy in the green hoodie that they take in earlier and he walks out past them at the end and he's like he looks yeah like 150 pounds lighter or something like that and they're all freaking out like oh my god how is this possible um i did love that other lady debbie offers them all donuts yeah and, and Kelly's like, oh, we're trying to lose weight here. And, <laughs> and then Henry's kind of like, well, Take one. just one. <laughs> and he starts eating it. And so Sloan's like, yeah, when I was in the Amazon with my team, uh, we discovered in some aquifer that was trapped by a dam uh, these things. And, like, the screen rolls up and you see, like, these eel
1: things swimming yeah, around in a tank. They're technically leeches. Well, yeah. Or related um, to a leech, yeah.
0: And... It does the stereotypical, like someone puts their face up against the glass and it slams up against the, you know, mm-hmm. the, and scares somebody. Um, and he mentions that, except unlike leeches, which feed on blood, these ones feed on fat. And they'll eat it right out of you, and you'll be, you know, thin in like two or three treatments tops, you know. Right. And. He, everybody else is like totally on board for this. They're like, oh my god, this, that's genius. It's so yeah, easy. He like numbs you, and you don't feel anything. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And and Henry's like, you're not putting one of those fucking things on me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I totally get where you're coming from there, Henry. Because yeah. they look like aliens. Yeah. Uh, everybody else though says like, take my money, yada yada. I'm gonna yeah, do this
1: immediately. Like, take, take it now. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: they all go to the next room and Sloan tries to pitch Henry on this one more time. He goes, come on. You know, I, I get it. It's kind of creepy, but I've got FDA approval. I've tested this countless times. We've had no side effects. I've done it myself because he showed them a picture of himself before. Mm. And he goes, You're fine. And Henry's like, Sorry, too weird. Can't do it. And he, he takes off. And then we see two weeks later, he's sitting at a taco truck or whatever, just stuffing his face full of soda and like food.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we see a bunch of fit people like all like
1: just and that was weird though everyone was talking about yeah, how in were, shape they are hey, you were working out yeah. like so really like, bad like, even the guy ordering for the guy taking the order was yeah. like oh you guys are looking good yeah,
0: he's, <laughs> uh, pumped up um and we hear somebody say oh so this is where you disappeared off to and he turns and sees kelly except
1: kelly now probably weighs like a hundred pounds tops oh my gosh looking at kelly i mean it was you could tell she wearing a fad suit. Yes. It was that like, neck. It was disturbing. Floor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and he's like, oh my God, Ke- like, Kelly, you look incredible. Like, you went through with it. And she's like, yeah, I did it. Like, I, and Sloan now wants me to be like a spokesperson for the brand. And I'm going to be on Good Morning AM with him next week to do uh, a show or uh, tomorrow uh, or something, whatever, to do a show. To do a. a live demonstration. Yeah, demonstration. And she, and she asked him if he wants to be the volunteer he's like, ah, I don't know. And she's like, come on, think about it. Like, you look at me. Like, this is insane. And he he finally caves and says he'll do it. Mm. Uh, so we cut to the next day, which is the day of the eclipse. Yes. And we see uh, the two co-host anchor guys are talking about it. And they cut to the guy covering the eclipse. And he's like, no, you just want to uh, take extra care of your, you know, birds or your cats and dogs or whatever. Because uh, some eclipses have weird magnetic stuff that, you know, some animals don't like. And it's like, okay, this is the second time the eclipse has been mentioned. This right. is, something is going to go horribly wrong here.
1: Um, and when they first walked into the studio, they were saying how everyone pretty much has gotten this procedure yes. done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Henry is sitting up on a table
0: waiting for the, uh, the, the whole procedure to start uh, the doctor is talking to the anchors and they cut the commercial and the doctor comes over and says, you ready to change your life. And, but earlier we'd seen on the broadcast, the, the anchor like kind of grabbed his stomach. Like he wasn't feeling so good because, mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh, well here we go. Yeah,
1: he was blaming last night's dinner,
0: but yeah. Yeah. Um, he said like last night's lasagna isn't sitting well or mm-hmm. something. And, uh, we cut back to the studio and they're getting ready except kelly starts to have like a headache or something and she asks henry like is there something weird in my eye and he looks real close and you see like a baby one of those leech things like swimming behind your eye and he was like oh my god like and then like all the other guys in the studio who've had the procedure start grabbing their gut yeah and then like they just the eels start like exploding out of people like they start vomiting up blood with like a bunch of the little leech things in it yeah Uh, one dude's head just, oh, we see, like, on the, on the camera, the, the news anchor covering the clips, his head just, like, straight up explodes. That looked kind of cool. That was, yeah. It was, like, a shotgun just came out from under his skull. (laughs) Um, Kelly, like, yeah, she falls over and, like, just her head starts leaking blood and Mm -hmm. and leeches. Uh, Debbie, the other spokesperson lady, (laughs) throws up all over one of the anchors, just covers them in blood and leeches. And... It's great, because as this is happening to, like, practically everybody in the studio, there's two people not affected. It's Henry, and there's that one camera guy who's also kind of chunky, yeah. and he's just like, fuck <laughs> this, I'm out, and he just takes off. Uh, Sloan tries to run away. <laughs> this was the other great part, Henry chases after him, and that one lady runs up to Henry, and he just, like, stiff-arms <laughs> yeah. her,
1: like a Heisman trophy, yeah. out of the way. The whole confrontation is where he, like... <laughs> You got all this strength, and he's like, what are you doing? Yeah, here? he Why? slams <laughs> up against the wall, like,
0: you did this to people. And he's like, no, you know, we, we, and he goes, you said you tested it. He goes, we did. We, 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 we tested every possible thing we could think of. You can't replicate a solar eclipse. Right. You know, how was I supposed to know that this was going to happen? And Henry starts to walk away, but then Sloan collapses and starts to, like, have his thing. And his whole chest cavity explodes out. And just covers Henry in blood and gore and mm-hmm. crap. And out of that chest wound comes this like giant
1: mother creature
0: thing. like it
1: reminded the... me of the uh, alien from uh, Prometheus at the yeah, end. Yeah, a little bit. Know. the <laughs> I mean, not as big and scary, but uh, similar. I Tentacles. They it. Yeah, just huge. call called it a tribalite or something. Trilobite,
0: trilobite. Yeah, yeah. Um,. Yeah, and it, uh, this was cool because this was all practical. This thing was, like, real, it, really there. It had yeah. like, the animatronic tentacles mm. and the huge jaw with teeth. Yeah,
1: crazy-looking teeth. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it grabs Henry and starts to pull him in, but he, he hooks himself onto a vending machine, kicks the tentacle off him, and then stands up and pushes the machine over, and it cr- crushes and kills the thing. And Henry reaches down, picks up a candy bar out of the vending machine, then collapses, <laughs> Covered in blood covered in blood gross <laughs> rips open the wrapper takes a huge bite and then turns around and looks at the camera and, and just then it just kind of smiles, just kinda smiles and it, yeah and then we see a guy running behind him who slips on blood and yep. falls and yeah. then we cut out uh this was fun i like it was and underneath it all in this episode there was the kind of this thing of like don't take the cheap easy way out and like you know work for it and just learn to accept that sometimes that's just who you are you're a hefty person like he yeah. mentions he tried everything he's he's tried di- fat burners and diet pills and yeah nah, nah, nah. and ooh, it's coming down uh sloan mentions like that this is who people really want to be you know i hate i looked in the mirror and i hated myself every day and henry's like that's that's just that's the wrong attitude man you just gotta accept yourself sometimes uh so this is kind of a fun one and then the last one we end on is something something dark side to anybody who's watched robot chicken no it's uh by the silver waters of lake champlain and this one was directed by tom savini uh and tom savini who is a huge name in the horror community he's done special effects makeup for stuff like friday the 13th i think he did that from Dust till dawn movie he was also he's acted in a bunch of horror movies he was in for Dust till dawn uh, there's both the movie and the TV show. I know the name. Yeah, uh, he was in, and I think he probably did makeup on Dawn of the Dead. Uh, and he was also in Land of the Dead, playing ironically the same zombie he was in Dawn of the Dead. Uh, so he's just all over the place. Uh, um, he's got a whole factory of special effects guys who do practical stuff now, and it's great. Uh, so this one takes place. I'm guessing sometime in the eighties because
1: yeah because he was a no, uh, nom yeah the guy, guy. yeah <clears throat>
0: somebody mentions being a nom and also there's a, like a polaroid camera that somebody has that just yeah. no no kid now would have
1: i mean they they're making polaroids now again but oh are they really yeah oh, it did look like one of the modern ones too oh okay interesting i thought
0: uh so we open on this like sleepy rural town and like their claim to fame is Champy. Who I guess lives in Lake Champlain and is like their version of the Loch Ness Monster. That's right, yeah. And we see early on in the episode that uh, because of the high fog warning, they're suspending all boat travel today. So just everybody needs to chill and relax. And we then see this family who the daughter is clearly obsessed with the idea of Champy because her father was like a Champy hunter basically. And spent the last few years of his life trying to prove the Champy was real. Mm-hmm. And he drowned out of there on the lake and died. Right. Uh, the mom hates the Champy thing because, you know, the husband died. And now she's dating this guy named Chet, who is an ex nom vet and just a real dick. His boots literally have shit kicker written in like permanent marker on them. Yeah. It's like, okay, buddy. Uh, there's a little sister, or uh, Rose has a little brother jacob i forget his name actually we'll say jacob. jacob and um he i guess would probably be too young to even remember the dad but he obviously was born before the dad died yeah. um and we see this kid thomas come over to see if rose is home and i don't really know if they're like dating or he just wanted to ask her i don't know right uh but then the the stepdad comes over and gives this ridiculous long speech about how uh this knife that Thomas is carrying is like, Oh yeah, it's like just the one like Rambo used to have and he mentions how like, Now this is how you kill a man if you want to kill him nice and quick and this is how you do it if you make him wanna suffer first. And he and he basically says, There's only one rooster in this hen house and, you know, tells Thomas to take a hike. So he stumbles off and leaves. Uh sits down and Chet sits down for dinner and complains about the meatloaf being cold. Uh, he sees the he's journal... A great,
1: he's a great guy.
0: Oh, yeah, totally great. Lovely lovely man. He just says, beer. <laughs> and the, <laughs> and sure. the, the, the mom goes to get him one. Um, and he sees the champy journal that Rose has and says, Oh, see, you know your mama doesn't like this. It's what killed your dad. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of garbage. And he throws the journal away. And... Uh, that was after she talked back to him, right? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And... He mentions that, you know, he spent all last night trying to find work to support this family. And Rose is like, no, you're a fucking liar. He were yeah. down at the bar drinking. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I don't need this shit. I'm gonna go fix my truck. And <laughs> yeah. leaves. leaves. Uh, Rose gets, like, just grabs the journal and runs out. She takes her camera and she's gonna go to the lake, we assume. Uh, the brother runs after her and... Thomas sees the two of them running down yeah, he towards was, the lake.
1: He's hanging out like a weirdo. <laughs> like he, not just weird at all. His, he just got his life threatened by the stepdad and then nah. with a big Rambo knife. <laughs> true love. True love
0: to Conquer's All. Um, but she's running down through the, the forest. The fog is everywhere. And as she's running, she just s- runs smack into this giant, like, fleshy looking mound. And she bounces off it, and she's got a little cut in her head, and Thomas catches up. I don't know how
1: she got that cut.
0: I mean, you hit it pretty hard. She could have hit the ground. Yeah, I guess. Um, And he catches up to her, and he's like, oh my god, are you okay? You're bleeding. She's like, huh? What? What is that? And like, he turns around and sees it, and they're like, oh. And he walks around to the side of it, and is like, oh my god, Rose, get over here! And she runs over, and you see it's like this weird dinosaur-looking thing. It's like a a long neck, and it's teeth. It's got giant ass teeth in its mouth, Mm. and it it's pretty dead.
1: It looks dead. Yeah. It has cuts in it. Yeah. Yeah, it
0: cuts on the neck. Um, which, like, what killed that thing? Yeah, it didn't explain that at all. They did not, no. Um, so it's clearly, like, that this is champy or, like, something mm-hmm. that could have been champy. And Rose is like, oh, my God, it's real. You know, Dad was right. And she tells the story about how when he was fishing one day and he ignored the fog warnings, her dad you know, had an accident. And then they found him on the beach the next day, unconscious. And when he woke up, all he would say, the first words he said were the champion was real. Yeah. And then he spent the rest of his life trying to prove it. He went out again on a fog warning day. And this time when they found him on the beach the next morning, he was dead. Yeah. Um, Then Thomas does something which he thinks is romantic, but I thought was disturbing. Yeah. Disturbing
1: is an understatement. Yeah.
0: He takes his Rambo knife, and he carves uh, her dad's name and then puts an Ann Rose and then the date on it. Yeah. And, like, she looks and she goes, oh, Thomas, it's great. And I'm like, excuse me? Yeah, she was like, uh um, A butterfly tummy. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's like,
1: N- No. That's creepy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, if I'm on a date with somebody and they go, give me a second, I'm just going to carve your name into this roadkill we found... <laughs> I'm getting out of there.
1: <laughs> I don't even like when people do it on trees.
0: Yeah, know. it's just weird. Yeah.
1: Um. So,
0: the she sends her brother home to tell the mom that Champy's real. Uh, the brother runs home and is like, Mama, Mama, we found Champy! But he's screaming at the top of his lungs. So Chet hears him. Yeah. And says, Oh God damn it! And he like, he thinks it's the Rambo kid going after Rose, mm-hmm. which I was unsure if they were like trying to subtly imply that Chet was trying to bang Rose, too, in addition to the mom, because he said there's only room for one rooster in this hen house, like... Yeah, that was weird to say. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I don't like any of this. <laughs> um, so, Chet goes down to the lake, he sees the this dinosaur thing, and is like, holy shit, it's real, you know, maybe your, da- your dad wasn't crazy after all. Well, I guess he's gonna be happy now to look down and see that I'm gonna finish what he started. <laughs> She's like, no, my dad discovered it, and it's, you know... It's, it's our discovery. And, uh, Thomas tries to stand up to Chet. Doesn't go well. Nope. Chet takes the knife out and, uh, says, you know what? Let's make it interesting. He throws the knife down to Thomas's feet and says, go ahead, go for it. And Rose is like, this is, no, don't do it. Yeah. No, this is a bad idea. He doesn't listen and he gets knocked around a little bit. And he's going to slay lay into Thomas and Rose grabs his arm and bites him. And then she gets thrown on the ground next to Thomas. And he picks up the knife and says, you know what? Fuck both of you guys. I'm going to carve you up so big. They're so small the fishes are going to have a feast on you. Mm-hmm. And then we hear, like, something come out of the water behind him. And
1: Rose looks up. Yeah, and earlier uh, Rose was saying how her dad said the oh, horn right. horn was the, uh, yeah. the call of Champy. And you he kept hearing the horn. I was like, I wonder if that's Champy making the call yeah. looking for this little the one.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, she looks up, and you see, like, this the neck of this giant one next to him. I and mean, Chet turns around and just gets, boom, munched on by this thing. Uh, Thomas and Rose run away, and then we see it come down at the big one and starts, like, sniffing at the the smaller one, yeah. and it, like, howls because it's sad that it's dead. Mm-hmm. And it grabs it by the tail and starts dragging it into the lake, And Rose is like, no, don't. And and Thomas is like, no, 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 no. We're not getting in the way of this at all. Uh (laughs) And and so the big one drags the small one back into the lake. Which, um, the mom shows up, because the kid finally got her. And they, like, Thomas and and Rose are both like, Chabby was here, it was real, like, we saw it. And, like, it killed Chet. It was great. (laughs) And... She's like, this is ridiculous. And like you said, the cause when Chet got eaten, the knife fell out of his hand. Yeah, and
1: then a the big puddle of blood fell over it. Yeah.
0: Him. Which I guess could have gotten moved away when like it dragged maybe, the small yeah. one, maybe, but I don't know. Um, and then at the last second, the mom sees like the neck of the big one go down under the water. And she's like, Well, maybe your dad wasn't as crazy as, you know, we all thought, and let's go home. Mm-hmm. And then it, it ends there. And it was like, okay! Yeah. <laughs> like The Loch Ness Monsters ate your abusive, your abusive boyfriend, but you're less worried about that, but okay. Right. Oh, and then we see one of Chet's, la- like, his feet uh, the float cooker. up. Yeah, the shit kicker floats up. <laughs> uh, so I liked, I'd say I liked episode six a little bit more than episode five. Yeah. I think that um, the the practical, like, because, oh, it, uh, the little tiny champy was was all practical effects. Yep. That thing was, like, just a giant-ass thing something yeah. built. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool.
1: Yeah. Um, it was pretty... I mean, there was much detail to it, but for what it was... Yeah, it was... An it's, amphibian, dinosaur-like creature Yeah,
0: detailed. That thing must have taken forever to build. Yeah. And and get to look semi-convincing, at mm-hmm. least. Uh, the skin crawlers episode, I also, again, I liked that it was all practical and that there was this weird underlying, if you look for it, message of, like, accept who you are as a person and, you know, don't yeah. try to take the cheap and easy way out. I guess that's something that you try to do with some of these episodes is like have an underlying bit of morals to it or whatever
1: the show reminds me of black mirror in a way it's like a horror Mm -hmm. black mirror yep uh
0: i still gotta watch more of that uh but this was fun you know i i had fun with it i'm definitely gonna go back and watch the other four episodes because there's only a six episode season with two segments per episode so 12 total um but i'll definitely go back and, and watch it um i think this is if anybody has the shutter app like, the horror Netflix, basically. I'm pretty sure this show is on there.
1: Is it a Netflix horror app?
0: Yep. It's called Shutter, H- Shudder. H-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Like, ooh, Shudder. Do you get it with... Uh... Um, you get a free 30-day trial with this thing that I've just bought. Oh. It, it, you It's like it's a separate service from Netflix. I do not know they yep. have
1: a separate one. That's stupid.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not, I don't think it's owned by the same company. I oh. think it's just its own thing. Gotcha. Because, um, like, a bunch of stuff. Like, this is a Shudder mm-hmm. original. So Shudder has a bunch of like horror on it but then oh. they'll make their own stuff like Netflix makes right. its own shows. Yeah. And I think this is one of those Shudder originals is the okay. creep show <laughs> show. show. Um but yeah, it's definitely fun, definitely worth checking out. Um I bought the Blu-ray. I I think I maybe I will cave one of these days and and try out Shudder cuz I know a couple people who have it and they really like some of the original stuff on there. Mm. Um but that was fun. I think I enjoyed it. Would you
1: say you'd watch the rest of the episodes? yeah if i need something to watch i'll definitely put it on just to see how the other episodes go because like i said it's like black mirror in a way so they're not it's an what do you call it anthology Anthology, yeah Yeah, so they don't make sense to the other one which i like you don't have to invest it or anything yeah you can pick and choose what ones
0: sound interesting yeah um i miss stuff like this because like um these were very reminiscent for me of like you ever see the vhs movies yes i like those yeah that's it reminded me of those
1: the little uh, the acting was a little obnoxious at parts. Yeah, but I don't
0: know if that's kind of the point, though. Yeah,
1: it, I, it wasn't like it was like this is ridiculous. It was like I, this is definitely like the point they're yeah. trying to be a
0: little obnoxious. It's like a throwback to like eighties horror and stuff like that, yeah. where everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Especially
1: the zombie one with the oh, mayor. Yeah. That one was the most obnoxious, anyway.
0: Um, you ever see Return of the Living Dead Part Two? I don't think so. There's this character in it. And I swear to God, I don't think a single line of her dialogue isn't screaming, <laughs> like everything she says. She's like this the whole time, and oh my God! And I'm like, that must have been exhausting to yeah. shoot because <laughs> she was a main character, wow. so she had a lot of dialogue. Yeah, wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, there you have it, guys. I, I'd say check out Creep Show. Uh, definitely also check out Spoon and Chopstick. Uh, if you want some delicious, tasty Korean food. Mm-hmm. And I will see you soon with another episode. My schedule got all thrown off recording this because my computer just shit the bed and died on me. So that threw my whole recording schedule in the whack. But hopefully uh, I will get back on my normal schedule soon. All right, uh, we are on... Oh, uh, before I forget to mention it, we're on iTunes and Spotify. If you listen to podcasts on that, I will always post the direct links to episodes in uh, my Facebook page, Dinner and Show. You can find us there. And thanks, and I hope to see you soon. Bye.